Name a career in which you may not have to worry about performance and still get paid, uh, besides the weatherman. Well, of course you expect your broker to perform well, but what if they put your money in the market and the market doesn't perform? 50% chance of rain or sunny skies. Is it time you learned how to keep your principal and protect your gains with a higher income strategy? That's why to tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Eric Hallaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halliday. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arab Halliday, the total financial hour, your place for news, talk, and information. Talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning. That's right, planning. That means doing something on purpose for the future. So a lot of people don't realize that there's a way to actually plan and do something for the future when it comes to retirement. And it does not exist in a vacuum. I know that's going to shock some of you, meaning that in the world of retirement, you realize there are many things that impact you. There are many things that you can do to change parts of your life, financially speaking. We all know about the budget world, the saving world, the cutting back world. Well, there are still ways that you can actually grow your wealth or at least grow and protect your income during retirement. Because you understand that for most people, the idea of running out of money in retirement is worse than you know, jumping out of a plane or, or public speaking. You know, it's, it's a fairly scary thing to do. Look around. You see, if you're 62 years old and you retire and you made a mistake in the sense that you retired early, well, a year or two later, you can go back to work. But if you find out that mistake at age 82, you may not be so quick to, to go back and get a job, right? Because the idea of retiring at an earlier age is exciting and interesting and fun and hopefully something to look forward to. But it isn't your grandparents' retirement. It isn't sitting in a rocking chair just waiting to die. It isn't, you know, gaining weight more and more and more and sitting there with an apron or, or uh, your overalls, smoking a pipe or a cigar on the porch. Maybe unless you're Dennis Prager, you might smoke the cigar. But other than that, you're going to sit around. Retirement today is different. I've shared with you once before, one of the first times, it was probably 24 years ago, was early on in my financial practice of, of 27 years. So it was probably 23, 24 years ago. And a gentleman came in, he was in his 30s, and he had a, a reasonable sum for retirement, especially for his age. You know, it's pretty good. And I remember saying, okay, so when did you want to retire? You know, you go through that. Do you have any pensions, social security? You know, would you know what that statement looks like? We kind of go through a period of uh, questions. And he said, well, Arif, let me stop you there. You see, I don't ever want to retire. 
And I said, oh, well, maybe this guy likes his job. He said, also, I never want to work full time. You see, I'm going to be semi-retired for the rest of my life. Now, I can promise you this. There's a level of people, you, out there that admire somebody like him. We admire him because we say, wow, who is in control of his life? He is. We want to do a chant. We want to clap our hands. We're going to sing praises all until he breaks his leg. All until the moment comes where his memory is just slightly kind of going going away. Or he physically has something that, that retains him to uh, a, a much closer distance around the house, whether it be oxygen or a colostomy bag or a wheelchair or something that keeps him close by, right? And now what do you have? Now what's your plan B? Because your plan A was for you to be physical and to get out and keep working forever. So my thought through this process for you is if you want to be one of those people, nothing wrong with it. You want to be somebody who who, who kind of you know, listen, stuff is not your thing. You're not going out and, and acquiring other, other items and, and the idea of the big bad house on the hill and the big fancy car, that's just not your thing, right? You're interested in less stuff, more experiences. Now, look, so far I'm with you on all that. So far, I think that's a great idea. Everything is good. I'm in, I'm in your side of the, uh, the camp here. Where my problem comes in is when you become a burden to somebody else. You see, my problem comes through this process when you start to talk about it's me, 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 me. Well, then number one, you better make sure you don't marry and heck for sure better not have any children. Because if you have a six and an eight year old or six, eight and 10, and then you get hurt, what, what do you think? You're going to send them to, to work in a factory in China? They may be well-qualified for that, but they're not going to be well-qualified to work in the United States, right? Their little hands can get inside those Nike sneakers, but, but we don't have factories here. <laughs> Your little kids have to go to school. So, so you have to have a plan B if you're going to have somebody else on your, in your life that are counting on you, that look up to you as dad or husband or mom, or wife. Because if somebody does, if somebody looks to you and says, hey, listen, uh, I'm counting on you. You're that person that, that I need and I want to be around. Okay, wonderful. With that comes a level of responsibility, doesn't it? So I just want you to be clear on that. You can be like this gentleman who, who semi-retired his whole life, loved to travel experiences, jump out of planes. Maybe his whole idea at age 40 45 was to, wow, what a mistake. I'm going to start saving for retirement. Well, is it too late for somebody like that? Well, my answer is absolutely not. And here's the asterisk, little asterisk, ready for this? The asterisk is this, don't accumulate a lot of debt. Because one of the secrets to enjoying life in retirement is keeping debt at a very, very low dollar figure. Now you've heard me rail against student loan debt. Not because I don't like it, but because I really hate it. And I, I don't like using that H word. I, I don't like being the guy who, who is negative. But I can tell you, you want to be in prison, but out on parole where you can still walk around where there's a chain on your leg or the, or the little ankle monitor. 
right? So many of you think, oh, I'm not that person. I'm not in prison. Oh, yeah, you have an ankle monitor. It's called your cell phone. They just track the daylights out of you. They know where you've been, where you haven't been. Some of you actually got the little COVID alert. Uh, You've been around somebody who was tested positive for COVID. And and you say, well, well, how the heck did they know? Well, because they they track your cell phone, people. You think you're going to get away? Oh, I'm going to run for my debts. That's not the old world. Right, they people used to move to the mountains, right, uh, north of L.A., north of Prescott, Arizona, a place called Jerome. That's where, and there's others. You guys all know it, Flagstaff. That people would go to those areas, and they would hide from their warrants. They would hide from judgments or liens or alimony or child support. Right, that was the the thing they would do. They wouldn't register their car. It wasn't quite the old west. It was kind of like you do yours, I'll do mine. Well, today you can't do that anymore, can you? Social media, your face accidentally gets a picture somewhere. You're, you're in a, a picture of something and there's facial recognition. My goodness, just watch the TV shows. They're always a little bit behind. You know that, right? The TV shows might show some advanced stuff, but you don't even know what is real unless you work in that industry. The ideas don't come from air. They come from experiences or expanding on what's going on. So... When I bring this up to you, here's why. Because the retirement life that you want to live has two components. One of those is no debt. So I like something called debt stacking or laddering. 17, 18 years on the radio, I can tell you, we've been pushing this for a very long time. Ask Dave Ramsey. I want to say he either listened to one of our shows uh, or a few of them and took some of our information or at least... Somehow it got to him, but we've been preaching debt stacking for quite a long time. I love the idea of debt stacking. I've used it myself in the 90s. I think it's a great idea to get yourself out of bad debt. And you can even get yourself out of every debt. Now, should you pay off your primary mortgage? That's up to you. It's a math problem, really. You have to look. Do I have enough for food, shelter, clothing? If you do... Great. Then you can start working on your home mortgage. But when it comes to debt in your house, you can't take a piece of drywall to the grocery store. And tough luck, you still have to pay property tax. I shared with you a chance when I went to China for the first time in 2008. Beautiful place. And let me tell you, the Chinese people, guys, I don't know if I've met a more gracious, amazing people. I'm not saying the government, but the people. Very grateful to have visitors, very gracious towards people coming to their home or or to their community. So it was a wonderful experience. But when we were on one of our tours, they were talking, you know, really praising the whole China is a capitalist system. They're now working towards that, right? This before this uh, current chairman who has turned it back into a dictatorship. But at that time, it was a, a, a little bit different. They were working towards capitalism. At least on the surface, we, we saw that. Here's what was interesting. We'd walk through these uh, environment, uh, the, the environment of, of the homes. And some of these homes, you guys, wow, amazing places. And they said, well, Eric, here's how it works here. Uh, you own the home, but you never own the land. And I said, what do you mean? They said, well, you lease the land from the Chinese government, from the, from the uh, central government, basically their federal government. I said, what? They said, oh, yeah, you lease the land. And we build a house. 
uh, and you can build a house. But listen, and you pay that annual fee for 90 years. It was either 90 or 99 years. And at the end of that, we decide if we're going to renew it or not. And if we don't, then we have to pay you for the house or move your home to another piece of land. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're the United States of America. We would never do that. What is this? We own our home. That's part of America. And the, the, the person was educated in the United States that was giving us a tour, the Chinese gentleman. And he said, Eric, let me ask you a question. Do you guys have property tax? I said, yeah. He said, well, do you ever pay that off? I said, well, no. He said, well, okay, so you have property tax. You never pay it off. You guys have something called eminent domain, right? Which is where if they want to put a freeway or expand a, a school or a shopping mall or put you know, a park, they're going to take your home. Now, they have to pay you for it, but they can take your home, right? I said, wow, well, well, I guess they could, yeah. He said, that's the same thing with us. We call it leasing the land from the government. You guys call it property tax. Now, listen, for a while, I, I, he won the argument and I agreed with him. And I said, well, you're right. But there's a difference. And the difference is simple. The difference is the United States of America is built on a process of judicial uh, process. Uh, let's put it this way. They can't just come in with a bunch of so- soldiers and take your, your stuff. Now, maybe the Biden administration is different. Certainly Gavin Newsom is different. Gretchen out of uh, Michigan, right? Bill de Blasio in New York. There's states uh, that have governors and mayors that are are as wacky as a $3 bill. I mean, look, these guys will come. And and look, they do all sorts of things. When they raided homes, when the FBI raided homes and, you know, they had SWAT guys come up through through the swamp, you heard some of the uh, stories of uh, the Trump loyalists. And they thought, oh, we're going to go get them. We're going to intimidate the heck out of them. And they leaked it to CNN. You know the story. So maybe, maybe there's not a difference between Nazi Germany and the Biden administration. Maybe there's not a difference between, uh, you know, China and its authoritarian rule. And some of the leadership, maybe in the current, certainly in the former FBI. Right. So. So I say that with you because I was as naive as I could be in 2008. But is there a difference? So many of you walk through this part of life and say, well, good news, Arif, I've paid off my house. Good news, I don't have any debt. That's wonderful. That's one side of the equation. But surprise, you need to eat dinner next month. Surprise, electricity is going to cost you something. And certainly, guess what? Property tax. So what do we need in this in this time? What do we have to have? It's cash flow. It's income. That's the secret. If on the first of every month or the 10th of every month, come heck or high water, no matter what, and here's another check. There's a way to have cash flow that lasts for the rest of your life. Don't be tricked that it's just a one-sided equation. Oh, I'm debt-free. I've paid off everything, my car, my house. Great. I want you to have that. I'm, that's important. But it is not the most important. I want to give you my phone number here, guys. 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. 888-99-RETIRE. Okay. The important part of this is that you understand that cash flow and income 
in my opinion, is even more important than paying off all your debt. Why? Okay, let's say uh, you own a, a building, right? That big building that uh, Salem Communications is in, huge uh, office building. Let's say I own that building, $10 million. Wow. I don't know if that's worth it, more or less, but let's just say $10 million. Somebody wrote a check. And the payment on that building is $100,000 a month, every month. Now, many of you that think that income has to come from your job, you're scared. I would be scared. Very difficult to go to work somewhere and make $100,000 a month, maybe unless you're a professional athlete. However, if you're renting half of that building or two-thirds of the building, and the income comes in, and then you rent the rest of it, and then the income comes and before you know it, you have $150,000 a month coming in each and every month. Well, you take a hundred and you pay the bank and you take the 50,000 and that is your income. That is your dollars for your risk to create and build wealth, to take a chance. That's your reward. So you see, you still may owe $10 million in that building, but that little building, that machine does what? It gives you $50,000 a month. I use that as an example so that not to scare you, but I mean, to use big numbers, because obviously they're very large numbers. You can add or take away zeros. But I want you to understand that the cash flow is the thing that matters. Not saying, well, I guess I can't retire because I have $10 million in debt in this building. No, no, no. Can you pay for it? Does the, does the debt pay for itself? Do you have emergency money? We'll get to that in a minute. Do you have a protection of, of your assets so that a bad day comes or, or risk in the market, something happens and it can really hurt you financially. Okay, well, we have a plan B. But what I don't want you to do is to think that it's a one-sided stool. All right, so what about the income side? This is important because in, in retirement land, when your food, shelter, clothing, when that comes from your job, then your goal is to build wealth. Your goal, your goal I should say, is to build that account as high as possible. So you want it to go up and down. You're okay with risk. You're okay with volatility. Because your expenses, you're, you're paying down your own debt, you're paying for your lifestyle, your living, all of that is done through your job. So let your retirement account go up and down. Let that movement happen. And when it does, you're buying when things are, right? Because every two weeks they're putting money in, there's a match, you're you, you have uh, reinvested dividends, all of the stuff that happens in a normal retirement account. But as that's happening, you're buying more shares, buying more shares, buying more shares. And as you get closer to retirement, let's say within five years, and now you're counting on some or all of your food, shelter, clothing, your expenses, your living to come from your retirement accounts, we cannot afford to have it drop by 15, 20, 30% or more. So we need to have a portion, some, uh, all, it's up to you. Your risk profile is yours. But a huge percentage, 50, 60% maybe, set aside away from the risk world in the market. Maybe you want to keep some, but really, you want the income. You want to show up on Monday morning and have a paycheck. You want the first of the month, the 10th, the 15th, the 25th. You decide every month money comes in Wow, wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't that give you 
peace of mind. Wouldn't that give you, ready for this, the ability to sleep at night knowing that you have cash flow coming in from somewhere? It's what a lot of you get when you have social security. It's what a lot of you receive when you have a pension. So what we're talking about is just another portion of that ability to sleep at night that we call sleep insurance, right? That ability to come in and have that cash flow. So that's where we fit. If you still want to accumulate money, you want to talk about Bitcoin and you know mergers and acquisitions in the Congo, that's wonderful, but that's not me. It's not what we do. Find an expert at it. Find somebody that that's all they do, whatever it is that you want to do. Whether it's crypto or real estate or flipping properties or commercial, whatever it is, you find that expert, not somebody that says we do this, 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 and this. You're like, really? So what are you good at? Well, I just told you, Eric. We are certified in the financial world of all things made with dollars. Okay, great. Got it. So then what are you great at? Because I only want to work with people that are great, not people that are good at a lot of things. Because nobody can be great at a lot of things. Maybe, what is it? Uh, Who is it? Bo Jackson. He was pretty good at baseball and football. Even Michael Jordan. Right, was pretty good at uh, baseball, but great at basketball. So there are things that you can have in your life. Don't confuse. I know you want the safety and the security of knowing that you're dealing with one firm or one company or one guy. I wish it was that way, but life is too complicated now. There are too many things that you can have that can go right and can go wrong. So will you run out of money in retirement, that cash flow, that income, that even if your house is paid off, you have property taxes, even if you have the best insurance possible, there's a copay or a deductible, even if your car is paid off, you still have car insurance. You're still going to have to maybe someday get a new car or put new tires. So we need cash flow. We need money coming in to pay for your lifestyle so that if you choose to quote semi-retire, You can do it. But look, for a lot of you, I want you to have some sort of part-time work, maybe into your 70s or or maybe your 80s. Now, I don't mean part-time work like you think part-time work where you're like, well, I hated my boss, I didn't like the commute, and the traffic stinks. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about someplace where somebody counts on you to show up. I'm talking about someplace where when you go there, they pay you something, and you're part of a team, and they come and they, they say, hey, Susie, we're so grateful that you're here. We couldn't have done it without you. Hey, Steve, your backup uh, ideas, man, we ended up using them and they were perfect. Don't you walk differently? Don't you talk differently? And let me tell you, the amount of money you're going to save by not having to file divorce because you're with your wife 24-7 or she's with you, it is worth it for you to get out and get a hobby. Right? With the joking aside... There is this trend, it's called, there was an article written called The Graying of Divorce. And it started outlying, uh, or um, laying out, if you will, a whole series of reasons that seniors are getting divorced. And the biggest reason, believe it or not, is they now have to spend so much time together and their lives are no longer yours, mine, and we come back at the end of the day and we talk about it. Or we spend, you know, a three-day or a five-day weekend together and then we go back to work. So, so think of it because you, you each have a separate life. You have friends or certainly acquaintances that the other person may not know about. Maybe they just know their names. 
you have relationships and ideas and things that happen and, and successes that are not part of the other person's life, that when you can come back and you can share the story, it's something new to talk about. So I want to encourage you, those kinds of things make all the difference in the world, right? It makes all the difference in the world to be able to have people in your life that, are, that you can share things with. So anyway, I want you to keep that in mind. It's a part of the process. Having enough money in retirement, one of those, uh, one of those income sources can be a job, even if it's minimum wage. <clears throat> you guys have heard me share a story about a gentleman who was a, an engineer at a big defense contractor. And he took up an early pension buyout and he ended up working uh, at an elementary school, uh, sorry, at a junior high school. Now he's with the young man in high school. He became a one-on-one aide and he gets paid, I don't know, $10, $15 an hour, whatever it was. It wasn't very much compared to his salary, but he, his heart was overjoyed with service. His food shelter clothing that came from his accounts, his ability to serve. That was his time. Stay with me. We'll be right back. The Total Financial Hour. I'm Eric Hallaby. Triple eight ninety nine retire. We'll be right back. And your place for news, talk, and information. We'll be here. Higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Hallaby. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now Arab has a Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby, the total financial hour. Hey, I'll give you that number, triple eight ninety nine retire. That's eight eight eight. Nine nine seven three eight four seven triple eight ninety nine retire. As we're getting into retirement, as we're talking about those kind of uh, ideas, if you will, I, I don't want you to think that retirement is like a moment in time. You know, work, 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 and flip a switch, and I'm retired. It, there's a period in time uh, of time in your life as you're transitioning. Some of it is trying to find out what you want to do with your time. Some of it is starting to move your funds over. Look, if we're at near all-time highs or all-time highs with your accounts, doesn't it make sense to take some of the cream off the top? Doesn't it make sense to think about some or part of those funds being moved out of risk, get a guarantee, get some security and some predictability? For many of you, that the answer is yes. Well, that's what we do. We're not going to make you rich. That's not my goal. That's not my objective. In fact, very few people can ever say that or do that. We're going to keep you from being broke. So that's a different mindset. If you're 30 years old and somebody says, hey, I'm going to give you a million dollars or 10,000 a month for the rest of your life. Many of you 30 year olds, at least I would have said, give me the million. I'll have it at 2 million before the weekend. Right? We, we, we think we're that smart that, and maybe some of you are. But the reality is the older we get, usually the wiser we get. And as we are wiser in life, that monthly income, regardless of where I am, oh yeah, doesn't matter what I'm doing. Nope. That's a big number. So for a lot of you, that monthly income, that security is kind of what we provide. We're the right fit. All right. Because think of it like this, the pension world, 
I think it's what, about 18 or 19% of America has a pension now. That's basically one out of five. But <laughs> let's be clear, the, re- the other four of you, you're going to pay for those people's pension. <laughs> yeah, because most of it is taxpayer dollars. Most of it are people that get to retire at 55 or 60 or 62 or 61. And you have to work till you're 70. Right. So kind of understand this. I think there's going to be a little bit of a, I don't know about a revolt, but certainly a little bit of a pushback where many of you are going to sit around and say, okay, so wait a second. Why is this fair again? Why is this, why is this all right? That I'm supposed to work and this person did 25 years with the county or city state and they get to retire for the rest of their life on more money than I'm making right now. I took a chance. I I went out and had a business. I actually employ people and you're going to pay them more money, right? So some of you are not going to be happy about that. I think you're going to see this kind of undercurrent of, I don't want to say shame or guilt, but I think that does present itself in some of those people if they're intellectually honest now look it's not their fault so I don't know if it's well-placed guilt or well-placed shame but there certainly is a level of uncomfortableness for them to come to you at 57 years old with a pension of 10 or fifteen thousand dollars a month or five or six thousand dollars a month And you don't get to make that kind of money, right? So I I think there's going to be some issues. I think society has to think twice about stratification of income. Those that are working for those that are receiving. About 18% of Americans have access to pension plans. That's a 2016 survey. I think it's up a little bit, but not much. Because the government went through this hiring spree like nobody's business. And that's who most of these people are, right? They're all mostly government, uh, city, state, county jobs and federal jobs. So, but put simply, when we talk about annuities, we talked about fixed indexed annuities or safety or protection. Whenever we talk about that product, it's the only financial product that can generate income that will last as long as someone may live. And that's the definition, if you will, of an annuity. There's three or four different kinds. So, uh, you, you know, there's some that we're not a fan of and there's others that we think are, are, are better quality. But it's a way for you to kind of get a, a higher step above the next guy or gal because they're long-term investments offered by insurance companies. Those lifetime guarantees, look, these guys have figured it out. But... It's not right for everybody. And many people have a bad taste in their mouth. And listen, I was one of them, rightfully so. Right? When I had a a particular type of annuity, a variable annuity, uh, it was not presented to me properly when I was in my early 20s, mid-20s. I was told it was one thing, but it was something else. I was told it was this, but it was that. My fees were this, but they were really that. So, you know, on occasion, you, I, I get it. But you want to look to see for pieces or parts, for some, what is the right percentage of money to have safe out of the market, out of the risk world? Well, ask yourself, do you think the market, uh, let me back up, do you think the government is going to make life easier going forward when it comes to taxes? 
In other words, are we going to be reducing taxes? Is this a Trump or Reagan era event? Or is this an Obama, Biden, Clinton journey? Right? We think it's going to be the latter. We think the idea of government raising taxes, they have to do it. They've put so much money into the system. It's one of the ways that they take money out of the system. By raising taxes, the money comes in the front door and goes out the back door. You have a, you have a sense that you're earning more money. Oh, look at how much money I've made. Look at what my, my income tax return said. You think you're, you're hot stuff because you went from 60000 to a hundred, or from 180 to 250 But when you look at all the taxes that go with it, right? You look at sales tax, income tax, gas tax, property tax, and on and on. You look at all, and then the taxes that that whittle down, right? When you go to the grocery store, the, the cost of those goods and services, somebody had to drive them in a truck. And so the gasoline tax for that truck to get to the grocery store has to be factored in to the vegetables. The people that pick the vegetables, they had to make more money because they have gas for their car. Income tax is higher, so we had to pay those people more money. You get the idea? So the end product goes up in cost for lots of reasons down the down the food chain, right? So why is it maybe not a good idea to just retire now? Or in 2022, what's the reason to watch out for? Let me give you some reasons to reconsider it. I'm going to play both sides. As they say, you know, I, I don't want to say devil's advocate. I, I got to think of another term. If you guys know that term, uh, another term, let me know. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. I've decided I'm not going to say that, that term anymore, but I'm going to play the other side. All right. I'm going to play both sides. Let's, let's put it this way. Thinking about retiring in 2022, here's the reason, maybe three reasons, to reconsider that plan. The reaction to the pandemic has created uncertainty throughout the country. Now, I'm not going to say the pandemic because I think that's dishonest. Have you been to Florida? Have you seen Texas? Have you seen most, if not all of Arizona? They're just kind of living they're fine. Utah, we're good. But you look at crazy places like California or certainly LA, Chicago, New York, right? They scared the daylights out of you. Any Democrat run city, it's almost like their go to, no matter what, it's to scare the heck out of you. So the reaction to the pandemic is giving uncertainty. And if you're going to jump off the train and go to a retirement world, in other words, stop working and go there. You know, and I know the truth about COVID and the Wuhan flu is this. There's always going to be another variant. Look at the flu shot. The reason you get a flu shot every year before this craziness is because there was always another strain of flu. There was something else. There was this, there was that there's four, six, we put three, we put two, right? There was always something coming down the road when it comes to the flu shot. Well, that's the same thing. This is a virus, you guys. I mean, you understand. We know, you know, people that on their death certificate were diagnosed with COVID when they passed away, and yet they were on a ventilator prior to COVID, or they had heart conditions or, or cancer or whatever it might be. When they changed the definition, instead of dying of COVID to dying with COVID, 
it changed everything. Right? That dishonesty is huge. When you watch the news programs and they had a ticker on the right side, in other words, oh, there's now 117,000. This is a milestone. 200,000 people have died. I don't believe them. I know they are not telling the truth. And most of them know it. Look, I was 22 years old. I was a Los Angeles policeman on the streets of L.A. There was a huge crime that was committed by a a big uh, gang in L.A., I won't do them any favors by saying their name, but it was a big gang. We knew who they were. We knew their tattoos. We, they came in and they robbed a place. They were uh, uh, of a minority descent. They were large males. We, could, we knew who they were-ish, right? We kind of knew what gang they were from. They came through. They committed the crime. They hurt a lot of people. I was the officer telling our local news which was an NBC affiliate, I told them the case that I was told to tell them. Here's who it was. Here's what we know. We know it's these people. I come home at night, at midnight, and I watch the rerun of the 11 o'clock news. It's probably 1 o'clock in the morning or something. You you can't go to sleep right away. I turn on the news, and I watch the case. Uh, You know, I watch the reporting. Oh, there's the guy. And he's reporting. I'm like, huh. It kind of looks like the the crime scene I was in charge of earlier that night, but uh, it doesn't sound like it. And his reporting was dishonest. That was the moment I realized that the media does not tell the truth. Now, not all the time, everything, everywhere, all the time. No. Right? But it was the first time I went, oh my word. I used to believe them. Like you'd watch on TV, you'd watch the news. Oh, it's, you know, Dan Rather reporting. Oh, okay, great. It's, uh, uh, you, you know, whatever. Brit Hume. Okay, I, I believe them. They were there. But then suddenly something changed when I was the one giving the information. I know what I gave. And I thought, wow. Now, the only thing I could think of was it was to hide uh, who it was that commit the, committed the crime, right? They didn't want to offend anybody. So we have no idea any description of the suspects at this time. Like, you, you're, you're not telling the truth. I was there. I'm the one that gave you the information. I reported exactly what the t- detectives told me to tell you. So, you know, that was a, a life experience many decades ago, but it doesn't go away from me. So when I say the reaction to COVID is what shut down, the moment the government decided who was essential and who wasn't, I knew they were phony. Listen, we shut down our office at the initial. We didn't know what was going on. All of us, right? A lot of us. We Okay, you guys work from home. And then when you start to, okay, well, let's get back. We don't see you know people dropping dead in the sidewalks. All right, I'm good with that. All right, let's uh, slowly. And then you see Governor Newsom pass an order to shut down the schools. And yet his private school for his kids stayed open. Then you see Governor Newsom shut down restaurants, but the winery and restaurants that he owns in that county were allowed to stay open. And then you see Governor Newsom go to eat dinner with the head of the California Medical Association, one of the top people, medical people, and I think it was two ladies, if I'm not mistaken, and others, but these were physicians. So you had political and medical And they were in the same closed environment. They were eating dinner. 
They had zero social distancing, zero masks. They weren't putting food in their mouth. They were talking. They were hanging out. And the nerve that all of those little servants, they had to wear masks because heaven forbid they infect those very powerful and important people. Can you say the Emmys? Do you understand the hypocrisy? They were next to each other, sitting down. They were dressed up. They have more money than you. They are more important than you. Don't you forget that pretty little head? (laughs) They are more important. So when I say the reaction to COVID, I want you to start adopting that. It's not COVID anymore. COVID didn't do anything. The reaction to COVID, calling you essential, you're not. You are, you're not. I'll tell you what, I went home and I asked my wife and my kids. I said, hey, do you guys think I'm essential? They all said, yes, that's it. I'm essential. It's over. I didn't. I asked my clients, hey, are we pretty essential? Oh, my word, Eric, you are essential. Thank you. It's good. A politician who's never come to my office, the healthcare uh, department, who still gets a government pension, right? Do you realize the health department, those people that came and shut down restaurants and hair salons and on and on? They still got a paycheck. Their health insurance was still paid. Their pension was still being contributed to. They they worked from, uh, quotes, worked from home. Many government workers didn't do anything, but they, quote, worked from home. And so these people that come to you and tell you, you can't work, and yet they get a paycheck. Is there any wonder why why Europe is... uh, a wash with protests? Is there any wonder why Europe is fighting back and the men and women are on the streets fighting law enforcement, by the way, which law enforcement should just turn around and say, you know what, guys, we, we don't do dumb things. This is dumb. Well, we're done with the, these crazy mandates and these crazy, you know, masks don't work. You know, masks don't work. Come on. You weren't, you weren't born in a barn. You took eighth grade science. Right? If you're telling me a mask is supposed to keep the virus on this side or that side, then you realize it has to go into a red burn trash bag. It's, a, it's an infectious material. You can't put a mask in your pocket. You can't put it in your briefcase or hang it from your review mirror. Because if you did, you are passing virus the moment you turn on your air conditioner, virus, 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 virus. And some of you same people will go to a gas station bathroom, wash your hands and use that air dryer with the warm, moist, hot air full of bacteria because you know they change those filters every hour and let that bathroom air go on those fresh, clean hands. And you guys, oh, see, I washed my hands. No, you just put gas station bathroom bacteria on your hand Uh, or, or, or restaurant bathroom bacteria. It doesn't matter. Do you see the, the, the logic? I want you guys to start thinking. And if you need to stay at your job to fight, then that's what you do. Because the reaction to the pandemic is not going to go away anytime soon. You have to be the voice of logic. So many of you think life was supposed to be one way. I told you, I feel like I, I feel, I told you last week, look, I want my kids to have a wonderful life. I wanted them to have a peaceful, uh, you know, career. But I don't think it's going to be that way. I think this is the time when life is going to change. Where you have to stand up for something. Right? Didn't you think in, in 1932, 33, 
in Europe, if you were in France, you were just going to be a farmer like your dad, or you were going to be, um, you know, get married and live in the countryside or finish your university, whatever it is you were going to do and, and life was going to be good. And all of a sudden, Germany decides to come in. You guys, don't worry, don't worry. Your life is barely going to change a bit. They put in the Vichy government and you have to take sides. Well, either at night you're doing subversive terrorist activities, according to the Germans, protecting your country. Or you're playing along and you're, you're going along with the program because you don't want to make waves. Oh, heaven forbid we make waves. So you get to the place where you just, listen, I'm just going to go along to get along. You know, listen, it's not my job. I, well, who am I? And my point to you is sometimes this is the time. Right? Twitter, Facebook, they are all a part of the same. I don't want to say it. I hate the using that Nazi analogy. We'll call it dictatorship or fascist. They are a tool of the fascist arm. They shut down your radio shows. They shut down your your voice, your opposition. There is no difference. Right? How many people are off Twitter? They banned the president of the United States. And the employees still work there. They should have all walked out. Said, listen, man, we we don't like the guy. How dare you ban him? Because next, who's going to be next? All it takes is a different person to get in that office on the corner. And now they're banning somebody else and somebody else. So be careful. If you're going to retire now, maybe it pulls you out of the opportunity to make a difference. What else? Well, if you look around, inflation is here. You've heard me talk about it. Social Security is going to raise its income. But guess what? Ready for this? So is Medicare. So isn't that nice that during President Obama, I think we had one or two of his eight years where they raised Social Security. They took the money in the front door and then they raised Medicare costs the back door. So it came in and went out. But guess what it does? They didn't change the tax brackets. So as it went in and went out, your taxes could have gone higher for some of you. You didn't pay tax on Social Security the month before and they give you a pay raise. Now you pay extra tax on social security. You see, inflation is here and they're not treating it with the same respect that it should be. Even though social security is giving you a pay raise, but so is part B Medicare premium costs. For many of you, it's going to eat up most, if not all of your increase. Now that we know inflation is near a 31 year high. If you lock in your pension now, you lock in your pay raise at work now, you might miss some substantial increases. Now, what's the other side, right? What's the other, quote, opposite advocate side of this? I want you to enjoy life. Yes, inflation is high. Had you, if you're smart with your money, if you put some of it in places that we like, which are fixed or fixed indexed annuities, where you have guarantees, protection, right? The companies decide the the, the strength, so you need to work with a solid company, of course. But you can have a guarantee of lifetime income and have that lifetime income built, which is what we do and many other people do too, built so that it can increase over time. Every year, every couple, three years, your pay goes up. Every year, every couple, three years, your pay goes up. That's a nice kind of a chunk of money that you can have to still enjoy life. But if the only thing you have is your pension or social security, 
eh, maybe you want to wait a little while. Maybe you don't want to retire right away. And lastly, I want you to think about stability. When you go from work to retirement, there is months, maybe a year, but months of this, what do I do? Where's my purpose? How do I not sleep until noon every day of the week? Right? How do I? Because that's what happens. You sleep in later, you stay up later, you start separating from your spouse. If you don't have purpose, if you don't do this with a plan, then it can be, a, it can be, um, what's the right word? It, really, it can be disruptive to your life. So when you have the reaction to COVID shutting down restaurants and travel, at least the, the ease of travel, then you have to decide what is that next step? Do I still work because that's the known or do I step out? Now, here's my opposite advocate side. Ready? Life is always unstable. It is. There's always a change coming. And I really go back to number one and number two, and that is you are the healthiest and the youngest you probably ever are going to be. So what's the right call? I think it's for you to take some time and decide maybe you do a mini retirement. So here is my prescription, I guess. If I was a doctor giving you a a prescription, it would be this. Number one, I want you to take time off. Maybe you burn some vacation time. Seven days, 10 days, add it with some holiday pay, some weekends. So maybe you can get as much as two, two and a half weeks. And you go somewhere wherever you were gonna retire. Maybe it's at home. Maybe it's a, a new place, a new city. And I want you to play retirement. Act like, act as if. See what it's like. Can you enjoy life? Do you feel like there's purpose? Is stress and pressure less? Financially, can you make ends meet? Because you can live as if financially, even if you're still working. We just decide what your retirement accounts are going to pay you and your social security, et cetera. We build a plan around that and we say, can you live on these dollars? If you can, wonderful. How will you know? You reach out to us. That's 888-99-RETIRE. I'm Arif Hallaby. Thanks for being a part of the show. I appreciate you. You guys have a wonderful week. Love each other and care for each other. That's the most important thing. 888-99-RETIRE. See you next time. Learn from, learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.